Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it's been like, what, a week since we've last talked? How you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, just kind of patiently sitting in the studio twiddling my thumbs waiting for someone to answer when i want to talk about that contract <laughs> news or whether running sure, backs matter sure. I, I can only imagine you you wanting to talk about that contract I, i'm just sitting there in the dark and there's no one to talk to so i've been <laughs> i've been waiting this entire week for you to show back up so i'm uh, glad you're here luckily we're not going to talk about Dak Prescott contract stuff because oh. uh, neither of us care that much oh. about it. We both we both feel like that's going to get done, whether it's you know over the next month or over the summer. Uh, something is going to happen there, so we're not too concerned. We're not going to talk about whether we would rather have Tom Brady versus uh, Dak Prescott or you know no. none of that. Okay. Oh my gosh, no. That was like a whole week worth of conversation on Cowboys. Well, that and should the Cowboys trade up for Joe Burrow? With yeah, I mean. It's it's been a week, Lynn, and yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's been a lot of uh, a lot of things on Twitter that people are talking about. Let me just side rant. February is the absolute worst month for <laughs> football stuff because we don't have the combine quite yet. Free agency is still like a month away, so we just get all these really bad football takes. And it's if you can fight through it, the rest of the off season is not too bad. But this month is always the worst. It's because everyone that's like, you know, kind of everyday serious football commentators are all really grinding on college tape right now. They're trying to, you know, catch either catch up or, you know, get yeah, those last absolutely. few guys. Yep. And so Twitter has just left to uh, the casual fan who probably hasn't tweeted about football in several months. So they come in and talk about, is Dak sure. even really that good? So uh, Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a different conversation today. We are going to talk about another free agent that the Cowboys will have to uh, find out what they're going to do with, and that's Byron Jones. Um, there's been some discussions over the last couple of weeks as to what the Cowboys should do, do here. Should they re-sign Byron? Should they try to maybe franchise him or transition tag? Um, we've actually kind of gone back and forth about Byron uh, over the last week. So let's let's just start at the beginning. Byron's a free agent. He's moved from safety to cornerback for the Cowboys. was really good in 2018. Maybe took a little step back in 2019. 27 years old. Do you want the Cowboys to try to re-sign him, or do you think they would be better off letting him hit free agency? I, you know, I feel like I might be a little bit unique in my take here because, I, you know, I, I, I definitely concur with a lot of people that think, yeah, it'd be great to have Byron Jones back here. Um, I, I, but I also don't necessarily view it as like you know a like a slam dunk signing for like a good deal, you know, because I do have like, and this is kind of some things that I've mentioned before is I do have some concerns about, you know, what, how he plays without or outside of a Chris Richard system. If we get into, uh, you know, different types of coverages other than the ones that clearly highlight his ability, is he going to, is the shine still going to be as bright on him? And, and, you know, and they're, I think so. I, I would think so. I think he's pretty scheme diverse. I really do. Uh, you know, I th- I think that there's 
I think that there's enough there that makes me concerned that that they're. I, I don't disagree with you. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not hard line either way. I think that's really that's my thing is that I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. I definitely see pros and I definitely see cons. Um, and you know, like I'll give you an example. You know, when you and I were talking the other day on Twitter about this, and, and you kind of made a comment to the extent of, uh, you know, who wouldn't sign. You know, why wouldn't the Cowboys sign a 27-year-old all-world athlete who's healthy? Sure. And, and those are all very, very good points. And and the point I made was, and I think some people confuse them as, as my talking point. But it's I don't it's not I'm I'm viewing it as the Cowboys talking point is the reason that that you were requesting would be he doesn't get his hands on the football and and you know he doesn't get interceptions and you brought up you know very solid points that you know, he doesn't get thrown at a lot and I think that's valid uh, I, I, this again this wasn't my talking point but I I mean if you listen to what the coaches are saying you know you and sure. you and I just yeah. had a conversation before this and we'll talk about the mock draft in a little bit but. You know, we've really struggled with looking at these corners because we really don't know what to expect. I think even with you know some of the with the changes on defense, I think we have kind of an idea what we're going to get with some of the front seven players. I think we have kind of an idea what they want to do with the linebackers, uh, but I think safeties and defensive backs have really been kind of an unknown for us because Nolan in the past has played so many different types of coverages and done so mm-hmm. many different things. So long story short. You know, I think the one thing we have heard from these coaches is that they want foot, uh, they want uh, defensive backs, they want cornerbacks who have gotten their hands on footballs, and that's really the glaring hole in Byron Jones's resume. And and so my question then sure. becomes: Is this team? And, and, and again, I'm not against it at all. I think I'll take Byron Jones at whatever contract he signs because I, I love the player. I think he's. Uh, great person i think he will is durable i think he can do a lot of things really well uh but i think if the question is are the cowboys interested in paying the price because that's the other thing that too that people are forgetting is that you know when i said that everyone was like i had a couple people that were like well does that mean that you like cheeto more than byron and i'm like no cheeto's not asking for 15 million a year though like that's that's the thing so i think that the question is do they like the skill set for the fit in their defense at at the asking price, which is you know fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year? Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here, um, and let's start with the turnovers because that's a valid argument that everybody throws up. You know, he's, you know, he only has a, what one interception over the last two or three years. Um, but we had a conversation, well, actually multiple conversations over the during the season that for the most part. Turnovers are kind of fluky, right? They seem like they come in bunches. There's no way to predict, you know, from year to year which teams are going to get a lot of turnovers, what players are going to get a lot of turnovers. So for me, it's hard to to criticize them for that if I also believe that turnovers are fluky, right? So I'm looking at somebody who, you know, doesn't give up a a lot of passes, a completed passes, who, you know, has a lot of pass breakups, who teams try to avoid because they relatively – I mean, they don't have a lot of success throwing at him. So – it's kind of hard for me to you know talk out of both sides of my mouth there. If, I, if you want turnovers, but you also acknowledge they're kind of fluky, right? How can you criticize Byron there? What, what would your response, response be? To that? Would be it, and again, I don't want to make this my take because I really don't. I'm not sure. You, but but, but I think the, the counter argument at this right. point now is that look, 
you know the the other talking outside of the other side of your mouth is that defense as a as a whole is not you know replicable you know and that the that defense is, well, is not that, something yes. that's usually easily uh, uh replicated season to season to season i think if we're looking at a level of high variance all across the board i would and this is something that I'm, I'm kind of changing my tune on uh, recently because of, of the you know the kind of the analytic look at how unpredictable defense can be. If 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 I'm not able to consistently replicate the uh, the kind of uh, shut down corner situation, and you know honestly, my eyeballs tell me that. I mean, even Byron Jones at times, uh, there's he had a couple of bad games this season. You know, it's not. I mean, not that that's sure an indictment on the yeah. guy. I'm just you know, it, let's not pretend like he's uh, you know completely shut down corner every single week. Yeah, no, no. Well, I think that's every and, cornerback and, in the league. Even Stephon Gilmore the, this year was the same the, way. The thing, and I guess my point there is that. If we're going to have variance, I want a guy out there who's getting his hands on the football. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the thing that the defense can do that's the most useful is get their hands on football and give me give me better position. I may take a, a, a player with I, – I, and again, this is – I think the angles have been changed for me on this to a certain degree. I think it may be time for us to think about – taking some of these more high variance cornerbacks because ultimately maybe the best thing that they can do is get their hands on the an occasional football uh and and flip the field position so so for example you would rather have maybe a guy like marcus peters who's going to give up bigger plays and is going to give up more receptions but he could have five plays where he takes the ball the other direction over the course of the season and you believe over the you know over a 16 game schedule those five or six plays are going to outweigh, you know. The well, big, I mean, I think it was, the big was it Dick Nolan who was up. talking about how he had a conversation with uh, with Troy about how you know, yeah, there's lots of guys who can shut down their their receivers, but they're going to give it up. I'll still throw at him. He won't throw the ball at, at Deion Sanders because you know, yeah, he may give up a pass. He may. He may uh, give up a, a, a slant here or there, but there's also that chance that he'll catch the ball and he'll take it back the other way. And I think if you look at, you know, look at the, the the teams that we consider to be kind of the smarter defenses in the league, they keep going after the guys like Marcus Peters. You know, Marcus Peters has had problems in this league, and he's had yeah. problems off the field. He has not had problems finding a job though. You know, like I mean, good def- good defenses want him. I I, I think that I, I may may be more advocating for a change than I am advocating for a specific side because I don't know that necessarily one side or the other is a better approach, like uh, holistically from a ten thousand foot view. But I think at this point we've ridden the coverage versus interceptions train as far as it can go, and I, I'm I'm kind of ready for the trying my hand at the other side if 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 a if truth be told yeah i i still want the cowboys to sign byron because i think that's the type of player you want to keep right a guy that's super durable uh high character great athleticism has only missed one game in his career gives you the flexibility to play safety and corner but the truth of the matter is the cowboys made this this decision last offseason right when they decided to pay 
Ezekiel Elliott, Lyle Collins, and Jalen Smith over Byron Jones. I mean, we we basically knew going into the 2019 season that they probably weren't going to bring back Byron Jones, regardless of what he did last off or what he, what he did during the 2019 season. So, um, you know, as much as we can talk about how he played and all that kind of stuff, it, it feels like the Cowboys organization. They've already made up their mind of yeah, you know, what they're you know, going to do I mean, with Byron, again, right? I would point to the idea that you know they weren't one hundred percent sure what they wanted to do with Byron before Chris Richard showed up here. They weren't even sure they wanted to keep him. Um, and and I, yeah, either I I remember them having discussions yeah. about whether or not they wanted to give him the fifth year option. And I I, know, I, 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 I crazy, think but the thought process yeah, there it. is that you know that the, the, there is. You, you need to put him in the in a right spot for to get the best performance out of him. I don't know that he's as scheme versatile as a cornerback as as we are making it out to be. Uh, I think because he can go back and forth between safety and corner in different situations, uh, I think that that makes him versatile in a way. But I don't know that that means that he is going to be equally as good in another system that uses a variety of different coverages as he would be in a cover one, cover three, cover two scheme. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Byron Jones over the next month or so. Uh, I know there's a lot of teams out there that have Byron at the very top mm-hmm. of their wish list. Uh, Cecil Lammy uh, reported that the Broncos are going to be targeting him. Uh, that's not that surprising. I expect Philadelphia to be interested as well. Uh, so he's going to have a pretty strong market, uh, and I would be kind of shocked if the Cowboys brought him back. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll do our Mock Draft Monday segment. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, it is a new mock draft at the Draft Network. Uh, Ben Solek had a new one out today, Uh, a two-round mock, and I think this one's really interesting for a couple different reasons. Uh, Number one, because we have a new player at pick 17. Uh, Over the last month, it's been Grant Delpit, and I think every single mock except for one, which was maybe Xavier McKinney, uh, in Ben's mock, he has the Cowboys selecting Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. Uh, what I find really interesting about this mock is who the Cowboys passed on for Kinlaw. Uh, a couple players that kind of jump uh, to mind are uh, wide receiver Jerry Judy, who goes 19 to the Raiders. Uh, defensive end uh, A.J. Epinesa from Iowa, who went 22 to the Bills. 
Um, you know, we just had a conversation about the unpredictability of defense. Would it be wise here to take a, a defensive tackle over an elite wide receiver talent like Jerry Judy? <clears throat> I certainly think that it's, and this is one of the things that you and I said, it's a, it's an interesting conversation because uh, the unique blend of fit and talent that uh, you know Kinlaw would be if he was the pick, I think is definitely appealing. And I think especially when you consider the idea that the the talent level at defensive tackle really drops after him. Um, I think you, oh, it, yeah, it, you know sure. it drops into a second level tier, which you've got like two or three guys. Uh, but then after that, it really falls off. Um, and you know, I, I think Jerry Judy is, uh, you know, he's a first round wide receiver in my mind for sure. He's an incredible talent. He's without he's a doubt, one yeah. of the best route runners, if not the best route runner in college football. Um, you know, I think, and, and as far as a fit goes to the team, you and I have discussed it. You know, I think uh, Ruggs kind of adds a new dimension to the team, but I think that if you're talking about who fits the kind of typical wide receiver in this system, I think Jerry Judy is, is the guy you're looking at. So I definitely think it would have been an interesting conversation that will be had in the uh, Cowboys war room if this, if this were to happen. Um, you know, honestly, I, I I think it probably would go down like this. Similarly, I, I think you know Kinlaw probably would get the uh, the little bump because they you know they feel like this is all assuming that they do something like resign Randall Cobb or you know what I'm saying like if, if that's yeah, the case yeah. and they have three receivers that they like maybe even a fourth if you consider one of the down roster guys coming up there's plenty of other wide receivers that you can draft later in the in the draft and still get some young talent if that's what you're looking to do it's just tough to pass on specifically Jerry Judy um, but I think again, Kinlaw provides like such a nexus of 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 need and uh, fit and you know kind of a, a showing of a new of a new era of of drafting sure. for this team because yeah. they really have not drafted a defensive tackle talent this high in a long time. Yeah, so we're gonna have a podcast later in the week talking about Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Rager, and Henry Ruggs, and you know what we think about those guys as players and how they would fit in Dallas. Um, but I just wanted to say something really quick about this pick, um, or you know, a potential Judy selection. Judy is not my top receiver in this class. Mm-hmm. It's C.D. Lamb. However, I think Judy is the best fit of any receiver in this class with the Dallas Cowboys, especially if you bring back Amari Cooper, uh, because if you've watched Jerry Judy film, most of his snaps come in the slot. Uh, I think he's one of these super dynamic slot receivers that has you know four three speed who can play on the outside for sure but if you play him as a full-time slot receiver now you're really cooking on offense because you have somebody who can get open quick but also can make plays down the field uh, I, I would have a hard time passing on judy there considering how productive he was his fit in the offense and then again you spend the 17th pick on judy I feel pretty comfortable with the, the offense going forward at that point. You can spend every other pick on defense, and I think your offense is going to be fine. I think you have just about every other position covered. Uh, and that's why it's so interesting to me. I think, especially right away, Judy helps his team out more. I have some concerns yeah. about Kinlaw, um, you know, what he can offer as a rookie or even, you know, as a second-year you know, second player. So, to me, the, the, the appeal of Judy coming in right away 
and playing with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and on an offense with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, that's that's really, really intriguing for me. Um, you know, just would you be surprised if the Cowboys took Judy at that spot? No, absolutely not. And I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, the idea that Judy and Kinlaw both being available at 17 is like, I mean, that's just a home run for the Cowboys, right? Like, I don't think it's no, impossible here. As these offensive tackles become more and more popular, they're going to start shooting up, and they're probably already higher on teams' boards than we know. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's just a, a, such a large number of offensive tackles in this class, it seems like. And, you know, you combine with um, at least two or three different quarterbacks that you feel like are um, – you know, potentials to sneak into the first round. And, and if they sneak At into least, the first yeah. round, I mean, Marcus, I don't need to tell you that that means that they'll find their way in the top 15 somehow, usually, uh, yeah, unless yeah. they're, you know, specifically guys that are going to go at the bottom. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Jordan Love ended up going, you know, before us suddenly. And that's just another pick that gets pushed down to the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think Kinlaw and Judy falling to 17 and being available, that's a coup for the Cowboys. I mean, that really kind of makes their choice makes their their day a lot easier because yeah it's a it's a it's a it may be a tough decision and 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 honestly you could have convinced me that to take Jerry Judy over Kinlaw without any difficulty uh, really uh, but I, I think it's it's a champagne problem as, as I think the bottom line there sure uh yeah and this has happened to be a two-round mock by Ben Solek uh, at pick 51, the Cowboys take uh, the Auburn cornerback. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. It's Noah Igbenogany. Igbenogany. I, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible at pronouncing these cornerbacks. Um, we're going to have to do a couple different podcasts on these corners because, man, there's yeah. so many of them. Uh, we really don't know what type of corners the Cowboys are interested in yet. Uh, maybe free agency will help a little yeah. bit. We'll have a better idea. Uh, maybe some more information will leak out. But, yeah, this cornerback class is deep. Uh, there's a lot of different types of guys, and we're going to have to sort that, all real these quick, out. I just want to say, like that, that kind of also points to why the re-signing Byron Jones situation is not – the only argument I would make in that section is that letting him walk is not crazy. I, I think that I think that that's the only yeah. stance that I would argue against is that letting Byron Jones go is not the end of the world. Like it's 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 I would prefer to have him, but I think that this sentiment that like if they let him go, it's the end of the world. I, I just disagree. You could easily re-sign Anthony Brown to a small contract. You have three corners that you trust, and then you draft a guy like this in the second round. There's tons of these guys who you could pop in, and they could give you snaps even as a rookie. I think. Uh, I, I, you know, is it? Are you definitely going to have the same level of talent as you would if you had Byron Jones on top? I don't, I don't know. But I think what you are, no, yeah, no. I think what Not you, right away, what you might do is still have a very talented secondary because you're giving Jordan Lewis more opportunities to be a, a number one corner. You're giving a, a new younger rookie to come in to give some snaps. Anthony Brown will come in in a familiar situation if he's able to resign. So. I, I think that all those are, are reasons that you know that letting Byron walk may not be the end of the world, um, but I, I, I'm again not arguing against resigning him because uh, I think that there are options like this where you have these top top 100 corners that mm -hmm. are all over the place, and you can draft one in the second round uh, and still feel pretty good about the way your defense looks. Yeah, we're going to have a, a lot to catch up on with these cornerbacks. Uh, we do know that 
Uh, it's going to be a busy couple weeks coming up here for, for Cowboy fans. We have the Combine starting next week. Uh, next Thursday is the first on-the-field drills. Uh, and then as soon as the Combine's over, uh, you know, that's when we start getting into uh, free agency. Uh, we'll get some news and some rumors. We'll get some trades, I'm sure. Uh, so a, a busy, busy time for the Cowboys this offseason. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow we will do uh, Twitter questions, so make sure you guys send them uh, to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and we will see you next time.